many. Um, all of them on the front row here under the written word, Isaiah 42, 1 through 9, Acts 10, 34 through 43, and Matthew 3, 13 through 17 are all lectionary passages for today, the baptism of Jesus as we celebrate this day. Also, Psalm 29 that we read in our Psalter is part of the lectionary. The Holy Spirit had me add 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and John 17 and 21 to the story today. I'm going to read in the Word today, this morning, Isaiah 42, 1 through 9, and then in the sermon message you will hear the rest of the Scripture passages referred to. Hear the Word of the Lord. The servant alike to the nations. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not he will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it, and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell them to you. The word of God for the people of God. I ask one more time, as I do every Sunday, the Lord to give me the message once again, to move me out of the way that you may hear a special word that only he knows that you need to hear from him this day. The Lord is faithful, amen? He is faithful to always, that's a hard word, most always, have me rewrite the sermon message on Saturday morning early hours and Sunday morning before worship. No matter how early in the week I begin, I think he enjoys me. Oh. How about that? Matthew 3, 13 through 17, here are the words that the Lord gave me for us this morning. The baptism of Jesus Jesus came to John the Baptist while he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. John tried to make him change his mind. That sounds familiar. But Jesus answered him, 
In this way, we will do all that God requires. So John agreed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. Christ's baptism shows all three persons of the Holy Trinity at the same time. I loved that reminder this week. This event shows all three persons of the Holy Trinity. The Son being baptized, the Holy Spirit descending, and the Father speaking from the heavens. In this event, the Father and the Holy Spirit confirm the deity of Christ, and Jesus submits to his Father's will. John, finding it hard to believe that Jesus, the sinless Son of God, was asking him to baptize him. John feels like he should be asking Jesus to baptize him, not the other way around, feeling unworthy. This event signifies the beginning of his ministry years, three, which path leads him, we know, ultimately to the cross. According to Luke's gospel account of the baptism, Jesus was about 30 years old when he was baptized. Mm -hmm. Jesus is baptized as a symbol of giving his will to his Father and beginning, we said, his earthly ministry. As soon as he was baptized, we heard, the heavens were opened and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. And God the Father speaks, This is my Son, the Beloved, whom I have approved. The Holy Spirit herein empowers Jesus' ministry and would usher in peace between human beings and God all signifying that Jesus was indeed the anticipated Messiah and beloved Son of God. Jesus did not need to repent or turn from sin, but his baptism was a sign to John and all generations of believers that he was and is the Messiah. With this confirmation in place, John's mission to prepare the way for the Messiah was completed. Jesus' baptism is a beautiful portrait of the loving union of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And this moment in his life marked the beginning of his ministry in which he was partaking in the human experience fully as the spotless Lamb of God sent to save the world, including you and me. Isaiah 42, 1 through 9 tells us that Jesus came to bring justice to the nations, to all nations, not by shouting or crying out or raising his voice, nor by breaking bruised or snuffing out smoldering wicks. But by faithfulness, he will bring forth justice, and that he would not falter, it says, or be discouraged until he fulfilled his mission, establishing justice. He is faithful. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. 
called you in righteousness, he says. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you, and I will make you be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, and I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols, he says. Acts 10, 34 through 43. Peter tells us that God offers the same good news to all nations, all people who fear him and do what is right, bringing through Jesus peace, who is Lord of all. Jesus went around through the power of the Holy Spirit doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses, Peter said, of everything he did across the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, we know. But God raised him from the dead we recited this morning and believe in our heart on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God has already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he was on the day. He commanded us to preach to the people, Peter said, and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge, we recited this morning and believe in our heart, of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And lastly, Next to lastly, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let's hear that. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In John 17.21. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you in, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let's hear that again. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sinned. I wrote down these words in the middle of the night, the other night, to be one. To be one. We see throughout the above stories and scriptures that Jesus was faithful from the beginning until death. And witnessing to his faith in and love of God the Father. 
we see God's faithfulness to Jesus, his only son, to send the Holy Spirit upon him, to empower him for the mission which God had given him for the purpose of reconciling God's people, all of God's people, unto him, thereby bringing justice and therein ushering we see witness to the power of the Holy Spirit and his presence in the baptism, life, death, resurrection of Jesus, and through his entire ministry, and still today in fulfilling the promises of God for his people, you and until he returns. We see the faithfulness of John, in spite of his desire to not do as he's been called, or his feelings of unworthiness. I know how that feels. We see witness to John's faith and faithfulness to Jesus, ultimately allowing opportunity for God to affirm and anoint Jesus as Messiah to fulfill his plan. He uses every one of us as we allow him to. Justice to all nations, peace through Christ, both coming, all coming through, we heard this morning. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. As I consider the importance of faithfulness as the only avenue to justice and peace, we can't earn that or work that out on our own justice and peace, it comes through Christ in faithfulness, through our faith. And Jesus being the only avenue through which they can be gotten, justice and peace, it occurred to me that it's the same story of our salvation story. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. God gave you and me, saved you and me, by his grace when you and I first believed. And you and I can't take credit for this, Ephesians, Paul says. It is a gift from God who loves us so much. You and I were saved by faith in God, by grace through faith in Christ, and not by our own efforts or works. He's telling us again today, we can't get justice and peace by our works either, but through what? Faithfulness. And once again, we hear today God's love for us, his forgiveness, and his salvation for us day in, day out, and for eternity. And today again, justice and peace all still come from the Lord. We are justified by faith through grace, through Christ. There's that word again, justified. Justified meaning because of what Christ did, we are just, or we are righteous. Not by what we've done, but what Christ has done for us and continues to do through us. Today we hear again, we have justice through faithfulness. Again, to Christ be the Lord. Today we hear peace comes through Christ and Christ alone. 
For he is peace. For he is peace. So having heard all of this this morning, and the reminders today from the scriptures, what are we to go do or be with this? What are we going to do with this? What are, what are we called to do and be with these reminders today? I kept hearing over and over and over this word, yes. Witness. Witness. We are called to witness. To be a witness and to act as a witness. To the faithfulness of God in our lives, in Christ, by the power of what the Spirit has done in us, through us, and for us. Which we received upon our belief of baptism, and through our faithfulness to Him, to help Him fulfill His mission until the end, in setting folks free. Through knowing He in you, in me. I thought about this question in my own life. How many folk have I helped to set free in my daily life this day? Have I been more of the problem than a solution? Did I break broken reeds, squinch people's spirits? The only way to accomplish this work, as we say and we heard today, is through faithfulness, not by works. The works come from Christ and what he has done. Faithfulness brings justice and peace. It's the same truth as we find in our salvation story, isn't it? Justified by faith, by what Christ has done and not what we think we've done. Christ alone is capable, and we, like John, must be willing witnesses, are we? I began to think, to be one, as Jesus prayed, as they were one. And I thought about this in closing, how does that occur? And I'm going to close with this story that means an awful lot to me, and I pray the Lord's Spirit makes it clear because it's hard to reenact something so meaningful. An epiphany and a revelation. Last Sunday, when I left this sanctuary, I was on the road going home. And I had a text that had come to me at 11 o'clock a.m. from a Christian man who is a, an amazing witness through his work of God's and I was surprised to see it on Sunday and recognized that it was the Sabbath and it was Epiphany Sunday. And I waited to read it when I got home. So you'll be thankful to know or grateful, I guess, that I did not read and text and drop. But I recognized this one thing. And that night, I recognized it because God pointed it out. Why it meant so much to me. 
How does this occur to be one? It's like when you're married and you start looking like each other. When you know what the other person's going to say or do, and how they're going to react or respond. When you get to know each other by spending time with each other like your dog, or your best friend, or your children. You grow like each other, into each other's images. What does that Time. Our time. Being with somebody and giving them your time. I lay there that night and I thought about this text I got. And this person, a professional, had texted me on the Sabbath, knowing that I was preaching, and gave me an answer that I had been looking for and praying for for quite some time. But what it showed me was how much he cared because he gave me his time. He didn't wait till Monday morning when he got to work because he's so busy, he doesn't have a lot of time to give. He gave it out of his poverty instead of his abundance, his precious time. And I lied there, laid there that night, lay there, and I thought this, that must be how Christ feels. <laughs> When we go to him with our time, and when we pray, giving him our time and our heart and our desire to be with him, to spend time with him, not for what he can give us or do for us or what our needs are, but because he loved us so much he gave us And he's only asking us today again for our faithfulness to want to give him ourselves in our time. A beautiful story. And then we start looking at Jesus to be a light to the nation in a very hurting world through faithfulness, justice, and peace with the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Thanks.